The European Society for Medical Oncology Annual Meeting 2022 took place on the 9th to 13th of September in Paris, France. We had loads of great updates and discussion during the meeting and spoke to some of the presenters on the biggest trials. In this podcast, we're going through some of the highlights from our interviews with leading experts in sarcoma. First, we hear from Tom Weiwu Chen from the National Taiwan University Hospital on a biomarker analysis from the LEADER trial, which investigated nemvatinib plus aribulin for patients with leiomyosarcoma and liposarcoma. So this year at ASMO, uh, we have an uh, abstract showing that uh, in our clinical trial, which is using lenvatinib and alongside with aribulin for lyomyosarcoma sarcoma patients and liposarcoma patients, we're showing its biomarker studies results. So as a biomarker, we have patients have pre-treated samples and post-treatment samples. So we utilize the nanostream technology to see what the immune-associated and the vascular biomarkers associated with a clinical efficacy of the combination with lenvatinib and aerobolin. So what we found in the study is that, you know, after the combination treatment of lenvatinib and aerobolin, that there's increased in the number of dendritic cells within the tumor microenvironment. So suggesting that although these two drugs are not conventional uh, immunotherapy agents, they may still have some immunological effects uh, in the tumor microenvironment. Uh, for the vascular-wise, we also have markers for endothelial cells, which is a marker for the density of va- uh, vessels. And what we found that those with a higher uh, vascular density or higher numbers of endothelial cells has a higher chance of response to this combination uh, regimen of lenvatinib plus aerobilin. So I think that in this study, we have shown that at least with a combination of antiogenic agents, so lenvatinib is an antiogenic agent targeting the VGFR, FGFR, and with a chemotherapy that is feasible uh, with acceptable toxicities, and you know have some efficacy in sarcoma and liposarcomas. So I think the next thing is definitely potentially a randomized study showing that you know either the combination is good, uh, better than either of the agent, either the single agent chemotherapy, so aerobilin is also approved for liposarcoma in these circumstances, and whether the single-agent lenvatinib is also having some efficacies uh, within this agent, because in, in soft-use sarcoma field, that uh, another antiangiotic agent, pazopinib, is also associated with, uh, so it's also approved as a second-line treatment uh, for uh, non-adipocytic uh, uh, sarcomas, including like sarcomas and other kinds of sarcomas. Of course, we would like to see if this regimen is also has the potential to be uh, useful for patients with uh, sarcomas of other subtypes besides the what we call the L sarcomas, the sarcomas, and liposarcomas. Yeah. Next up, we hear from Patrick Shosky from KU Levin discussing recent advances in the management of soft tissue sarcoma. Soft tissue sarcoma is a family of rare malignancies. Altogether, soft tissue sarcomas account for about 1% of all solid tumors that we see in clinical routine. 
This is a very heterogeneous family of malignancies and every tumor types within this family differs from the molecular and genetic point of view. So there has been a lot of advance in the past 10 to 15 years regarding the identification of molecular drivers of uh, specific types of soft tissue sarcoma. We have identified gene abnormalities, mutations, amplifications, others that we can use for drug targeting in this family of diseases. But the effects of the according drugs will always be focused on those tumors expressing the right molecular aberration. MDM2 is one of those targets that is known for quite some time now and is highly prevalent in some subtypes of soft tissue sarcoma. So it's logical to try to develop MDM2 antagonists to hit this disease and to treat it efficiently. We also hear from Alinda Gordon from the Cancer Center of Southern California Sarcoma Oncology Center explaining the rationale of using immunotherapy for patients with advanced leiomyosarcoma. Tomorrow I will be presenting uh, the results of this phase 1-2 clinical trial uh, using ipilimumab, nivolumab and trabectidin for advanced leiomyosarcoma. And this is the results of the study, I believe. Um, it's a small study, but, but I believe it has the potential of being a game changer for patients with advanced leiomyosarcoma. The rationale, so why, why uh, immunotherapy for advanced uh, leiomyosarcoma? Uh, previously, there have been scattered reports of uh, uh, activity <coughs> or anti-tumor activity of immunotherapy in patients with uh, sarcoma, but not with leiosarcoma, and it's not definitive. Um, I believe we are the first uh, to study the combination of chemotherapy and immunotherapy together for advanced uh, leiomyosarcoma. The, um, <clears throat> the, the decision to do this is based on the fact that sarcoma cells are more immunogenic at the onset or earlier uh, in the course of the disease. And it, it undergoes a process called, called um, cancer immune editing during the time when you're giving chemotherapy and radiation therapy. So while they are quiet at the time, they undergo immunoediting of themselves so that at the end, they, be, they, they become energic, meaning to say they are no longer immunogenic. And the reason that many of the, many of the studies don't work is because they're giving it at the very end when the cancer cells are non-immunogenic, okay? So our hypothesis then is that if you gave it earlier in the, at the onset or the course of the, earlier in the course of the disease, that this immunotherapy combined with chemotherapy, which is an immune modulator, um, will, will be uh, most effective for patients with advanced Lyme sarcoma. And, and the rationale for this, again, the, the mechanism of action is that ipilimumab blocks the CTLA-4 receptor present in T cells, and nivolumab blocks the PD-1 
receptor present in T cells, and when you block PD-1, you also will block, uh, as an effect, the interaction between PD-1 and PDL-1 that is present in tumor cells. Now, ipilimumab then does those things, and the the other part of it. So there's nivolumab and ipilimumab. Uh, then there is T called trabectidin, uh, which is not only a cytotoxic chemotherapy, but it also is an immune modulator, and it will deplete, in addition to killing the cancer cells, it will deplete the uh, growth-promoting macrophages in the tumor microenvironment. And the net effect of that, of course, is tumor eradication. Finally, Radwa Sharaf from Foundation Medicine Inc. discusses the results of an investigation into genetic alterations associated with high telomeric content in sarcoma. So we did a study looking at the uh, landscape of telomeric content across uh, sarcomas within 38 different sarcoma types. And we wanted to understand what were the genomic alterations that were enriched in sarcomas with high telomeric content. Some of the genetic alterations that we observed in our screen were previously linked to long telomeres, specifically a mechanism known as the alternative lengthening of telomeres. These were uh, alterations in ATRX and DAX, but we also observed uh, novel alterations that had not been previously linked to long telomeres and sarcomas, uh, mainly RAD51B and GID4. We were really excited about these results and uh, probed these alterations further to get a better understanding of what specific types of alterations in these genes uh, were bringing about this phenotype. Um, and we saw that this phenotype was not only observed within specific sarcoma types, but was also seen pan-sarcoma. Thank you for listening. If you have found this podcast insightful, please leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at VJ Oncology to join the conversation and check out vjoncology.com for all of our exclusive coverage on data presented at ESMO 2022.